welcome to our program, Coach to Coach. Today's guest is Dr. Johannes Metzler. Johannes is one of my peers from Jamie Smart's Clarity Coach training course. Johannes is an executive coach, consultant, entrepreneur. He works with corporations, founders, and C-suite executives to improve clarity and state of mind for peak performance. Thanks for joining us today, Johannes. It's so nice to see you. Um, I'm super happy to see you too, uh, Greg, especially after the wonderful space we shared most recently in our uh, coach training, and I couldn't be happier to uh, continue that thread of uh, connection with you in this format that you own. Yeah, that was uh, amazing. Probably the, the most uh, unexpected and powerful 15 minutes I've had in this whole journey I've been on. So it was, uh, it was quite, the, quite the experience. Do we, I, I feel like now I um, mentioned something that no one except from us and the other person that was in the room will understand. So I'm kind of wondering yeah, now whether we should explain a little bit what happened. Yeah, I think, uh, I think that would be helpful for sure. Um, should I have a go? Go for it, yeah. Yeah, so we just joined um, a Clarity Weekend with our coach, uh, Jamie Smart. And um, at the end of a beautiful weekend, something really profound happened to me. I had a really, you know, deep experience, spiritual experience, you could almost say, um, like a big insight. And shortly after that happened, we were sent into a Zoom breakout room to discuss a you know, certain piece of text, um, you, me, and our friend Johan. And I was so filled up with this feeling um, from 15 minutes earlier that I basically started the 15-minute exercise by saying, I've, something like, I feel so full, I don't really want to talk. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a similar sentiment among um, you and Johan as well. And so we basically, sp we spent 15 minutes exchanging possibly six sentences or so. Yeah. And it was like a profound and rich and beautiful silence in no way awkward. It was just, we were sharing the space and all completely turned inwards, but connected at the same time. And I think we all had lots of you know calmness and clarity and insights during that time and it was just beautiful to experience that and and share it with you yeah it was it was an amazing way to end the the weekend too just on a such a calm reflective note it was, it was amazing it's amazing too like yeah. the, the the i mean in that community that we're we're learning in to come onto a breakout room and be like even make the suggestion that you made of just like, let's just sit in this feeling, mm. you know, there's a, a certain, like in other venues, I'm not sure a, that the, you may, you may or may not be comfortable. You, you can answer that say suggesting such a thing, but then have mm. the other couple people go, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite a special, you know, three grown men staring at each other for 15 minutes and, and enjoying sitting in that feeling it was amazing mm -hmm. and i think it it speaks to how special i feel the way we do coaching is mm -hmm. like it seems so much more than what people would probably call traditional coaching but this you know sitting in a feeling and and creating an inside friendly space and sharing that with you know a client or the person that's sitting opposite of you allowing them and everyone to have deep and profound insights that will make a difference 
going forward. And having that even, you know, on Zoom in a virtual space, that is, you know, it's spectacular and, and surprising and unexpected how deep and profound connections and transformations in coaching can happen digitally, virtually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's, uh, it's like a textbook example of the inside out nature of life, right? Mm. Yeah, because it was, it was coming from within all three of us. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure all, like, I mean, we didn't compare notes afterwards, but like whatever you got out of that, mm. I'm sure is it's unique and, and uh, specific to you. And what I got out of it, same for me and for Johan, the same, same thing, right? Like it's, uh, we all had the same experience and we all had a different experience too. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's cool. Well, the way I, I, uh, thanks for that context too. That's uh, brilliant. And I do, uh, I plan myself and I'm encouraging other people too, to, to experiment with that, with silence Mm. on their own. Like, and it's funny because I was talking to somebody about it and they were like, oh, well, that's just meditation. And I mean, I don't, I haven't studied meditation. I, I generally don't meditate. Although I found myself lately before going to bed, listening to some, I guess what people would classify as meditation music and stretching more so because I threw my back out before Christmas. And if I don't stretch before I go to bed, I wake up uh, not feeling so good. <laughs> um, but I find ending my day with that, even if it's just five minutes of kind of quiet and, mm-hmm. Um, slowing everything down to be, I don't know. It's of course I, I I tell my wife afterwards how how great I'm feeling. She's like, yeah, I've been telling you to do that for like 20 years, <laughs> but now because the chiropractor told me to do it, I'm doing it. So anyway, it's um, that's so that's so beautiful. And I've been recently reflecting on the practice of meditation because that's also been something that I in the past struggled to create as a habit for myself, even though I always thought I should, because Mm. that's supposedly what, you know, high performers and happy people do. Um, They have a meditation practice. And now since coming across this transformative understanding of how the mind works, I feel like I don't need that practice of meditation Mm. because the space of meditation seems so much more accessible Mm. um, when my, when my thoughts settle. And then I had another insight, which was, hey, maybe coaching is my practice of meditation. Mm. Because it seems that what I'm trying to do as a coach is to get really, really calm and still and peaceful in my head, in my mind, listen really, really deeply. And whenever thoughts occur that are not helpful for the conversations because they're somewhat personal or around me and not centered around the connection and the client, I want to let them pass. Mm. And supposedly that's what you do in meditation. You sit still and when thoughts occur, you want to let them pass. And I was like, huh, actually maybe I do meditate a lot (laughs) if I count coaching. (laughs) That's a good way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because it's funny how just the, you know, certain labels or words that we put on things, denote or have some kind of meaning to them but it's mm-hmm. it's more kind of like you described it's it's the feeling and what's actually going on whether you call it coaching or meditating or mm-hmm. praying i guess or something else it's kind of that similar yeah. feeling of, of calm and and clarity 
So usually I start. This has been a great uh, introduction to this uh, this program, but we'll we'll kind of get back on script if we can. And and just I'm curious to know what first sparked your interest in coaching. Mm. Good question. I feel like I've been per se interested in coaching for a long time, many many years, and the reason being that for a long time I thought my purpose, mission, calling in life should have to do something with sharing something or helping others or supporting others in some way or form that I didn't exactly know what it was going to be. But for a really long time, I had the sense that that was something that I could do and wanted to do. But I felt a bit like a messenger without a message. So I was trying to have it backwards and start by trying to become a messenger and then and then find my message. And that took a couple of forums, like I did a PhD and I thought maybe I would go into academia. Um, I started doing trainings on productivity in the companies that I worked for. Um, I've always been, you know, mentoring people in the teams that I was managing and I've created online courses. And I always thought, Oh, coaching, maybe, maybe I should do training and coaching, maybe coaching um, could be interesting. But for a really long time, I had the thought that coaching would probably be boring because I didn't want to be the one just asking questions. Hmm. I always thought that my big value or advantage in life was um, being smart and, and a great problem solver and really good at like analyzing and structuring stuff. So I thought, if I only ask the question, then I can't, you know, solve problems. So that that must be boring. And so for a really long time, I held back. And when I actually did investigate coaching programs at local coaching institutes, there was something that never really resonated with me in in doing that. And then only when I came across our joint coach Jamie Smart, randomly or maybe you could say guidedly on the internet, mm -hmm. then there was something about him and what he was talking about that really resonated with me. And, and, and from that point on, I um, started taking his coaching training, which basically built on all the business experience that I built over a really long time. And when the point in time came when one of my really long-term consulting engagements stopped, I was already, I guess, fortunate enough to have been exposed to this understanding enough that I was so in touch with my intuition, um, which had been, I feel like, non-existent before, that I've, I had this really strong intuitive urge to, to dedicate this phase of my professional life to coaching and becoming a really freaking awesome business coach um, and making that my, my full full time occupation and in the past i always had this urge to kind of change whatever i was doing every two or three years to hop onto a new steeper learning curve mm -hmm. and now i feel like with with coaching i've i feel like i've i've really arrived and that that's something that i want to do for the next decades not a couple of years yeah that's awesome yeah i, I relate so well to the well, you talked a bit about mentoring and leading teams. And uh, when you, when you said you thought asking questions um, 
would be boring. I thought my, my own experience prior to coming to this style of coaching was I, I used to think coaching was giving people answers, <laughs> right? Mm. People would come to you and, and they tell you their story. You go, oh, I know exactly what you need to do. Mm. Whatever this, this, this five-step process, I don't know, whatever, and send them on their way and feel good about, but it's, it's um, you know, it's pointing them to finding their own answers now by asking questions is uh, the way I like to think of it. Yeah. And, it feels so much more satisfying than intellectual problem solving yeah. for some reason, because I guess it comes back to what we shared earlier about being together in such a deep, profound space, speaking behind the mask mm. um, and really connecting heart to heart with someone and feeling how there's sort of like a joint mind created in that space and then intuition comes through insights come through not not only for me about what question to ask um which is amazing but also for the other person about you know what they could do um what are the answers to the questions specific to them and so the, the, it's even more rewarding yeah <laughs> to do that than to use your little mind and intellect to figure out solutions to problem that problems that you've made up in the first place yeah exactly Yeah, it's uh, I kind of think of it like going upstream is like the ultimate problem solving because it's it's like before the problem, right? It's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I I recently or I'm not sure did I hear this or how I came across this, but you know this notion that solutions to problems are way downstream. Mm -hmm. So we always you know we we celebrate solutions as a culture, and then I had this um inside that you know sol solutions are really just you know what's what comes after you've made up a problem mm. and what's more powerful than than not making up you know the problem in that way yeah but going upstream to the source finding a different way to think about life and then you don't need a solution to that specific problem but you can you know create something from a much different space and and, and a space of much you know more possibility yeah Yeah, exactly. Like the whole notion of what if it wasn't a problem in the first place? Like, yeah, like, you know, the solution isn't the solution to the problem is don't create the problem in the first place. It's kind of a yeah, cool, cool like angle. not what's the solution to that problem, but given that, what would you love to create? Yeah. yeah that's a great question. Great question to ask people. So, um, Segwaying into into the next question, you talked a little bit about what you do, but can you give us some more detail about um, your business, who you're working with, and how you're working? Uh, mm -hmm. Just to give us some, you know, more more context to how how you're approaching coaching. Yeah, I'm I'm an executive coach, so I work with business people. You also mentioned that in your introduction. Mm -hmm. It's really. Um, people that I share a professional context with because I myself in the past have been a strategy consultant, a founder of a small company, a manager and leader, an executive. And some, well, I sometimes call myself, you know, executive clarity coach or transformative executive coach. And I sometimes jokingly say I'm a life coach for business people mm. because the way I see it is that I'm really passionate about working with people who want to change something in the world through 
enterprises, through business, through um, yeah, business solutions, and helping them you know, see the world in a different way and, and get rid of their problems and become more relaxed and become more clear. And through that, that creates a ripple effect in the businesses that they're building, in the products that they're um, selling and marketing. And the people that are working for them, and I'm really passionate about bringing this new understanding that I have of, of the mind to, to those kind, kind of people, because they usually have the ambition to achieve really, really high goals and enjoy life at the same time. Mm. And that's, that's what I love working on um, and helping them with. Amazing. I had this kind of just vision right now of working with executives is kind of like going upstream in, in an organization, right? Like you're, you're starting mm. at the top and when you can help, I'm imagining that when you help a CEO of a company get into a, a clear state of mind and the clarity that there's, there's a, the downstream effects of that leadership, yeah. it would be huge. Yeah, exactly. That That's exactly right. I mean, one of my biggest insights over the last two years is that in any kind of relationship, you don't need the other person to change in order for the relationship to change. You know, just by changing yourself, that can have a huge impact. And um, I think we often see that in our personal and private relationships that we think someone else needs to change first be before we can have a good relationship. But it's so true in business. And just by you know, the leader or leaders of an organization changing how they see the world and how they act, that is creating that ripple effect where all of a sudden everyone else, you know, um, changes too, because, you know, uh, a positive state of mind is, is infectious, like a, like a, like a cold in a good way. Yeah. Um, and you know, it spreads and that's beautiful to watch. Yeah. It kind of comes to mind is like the the whole notion of lead by example, right? Like I think mm. um, a lot of leadership courses and things, you know, that that's the uh, this notion of leading by example, and in the way that has played out in my experience in a lot of times, it's like you got to if you want your people to work hard, you got to work hard yourself. You got to sacrifice. Mm. You got to like all these things that aren't aligned with a clear mm. state of mind. So it's it's like yeah, you're leading by example, but you're leading them the, down the wrong. <laughs> the wrong path yeah. in, a, in a lot of ways. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if you could share an example maybe of, of um, without sharing anything confidential, obviously, but of mm -hmm. working with a, a, an executive and what impact that had on them and then, and then maybe subsequently on mm -hmm. their business. Yeah. So one example that comes to mind is a really wonderful young woman, a young leader who was about to make the step to a managing director position in the agency that um, she's working for and that she helped build up. And she came to me with the mission of improving her leadership qualities, improving her leadership style. And the assumption that she had was that there's a certain way that she is you know, according to her like personality and personality traits and strengths and weaknesses. And that probably goes hand in hand with one of many leadership styles. And so probably she would have to identify 
the type of leader she wanted to be and the style that goes hand in hand with that and then identify what she needs to do and what she needs to strengthen in order to be more of that type of leader to leverage her you know capabilities in the best possible way and what we did do is we worked a lot on you know practical problems and challenges that she was having in um, her in her business according to this understanding of how the mind works and where clarity and a good state of mind are coming from which i often think of as you know just really questioning reality mm. <laughs> really you know seeing how one part of it is really seeing how we all make up our world via the power of thought and then take it as real as if it was that way um so we live in our internally generated reality as if it was an actual reality and the more um you see that my experience is that you th those problems start to dissolve what we what we also talked about earlier mm -hmm. and so at some point she had a really big insight about the power of thought and um how everything she was perceiving as as challenging was really you know made up in in her own mind in a certain way and if she, from that contaminated thinking, comes back to you know a state of clarity and a good state of mind, then her natural leadership capabilities em emerge mm -hmm. authentically to her naturally, um, and there's no no way she has to adapt to some kind of artificial leadership style that someone invented and then that she had to sort of like discipline herself to act in a certain way. But she saw that if she was calm and clear, that she would always know exactly what to do in what moment, like how to communicate, how forceful or how empathetical to be, mm. how to deal with challenging situations. And um, that was so much more powerful for her because that was something that she could take into any situation um, of her life and, and her business and gave her the confidence to just, you know, be herself authentically. And, you know, after that big insight, she, to, she came to most of the sessions that we had and she was like, nah, you know, it's all good. I don't really have any problems. I mean, there's stuff to do, but, yeah. you know, I know I can solve that. And, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to know what to do when I need to do that. And she became so relaxed about everything that was going on. Um, and that really showed and made her a much more effective leader. Awesome. Yeah, what you just described, it's like um, the freedom that it gives you, the subtractive nature of it mm. is, uh, is very powerful. Yeah. And I mean, so, and something else that comes to mind, which is a couple of different um, people, but a situation that I often encounter is that, you know, business leaders often make up situations in a certain way, and then they operate in, in that box uh, in the way in which they've made up a situation. So for example, you know, sales is hard <laughs> was one box that I encountered with one of the founders that I was working with. And instead of looking at how, you know, within a context in which sales was hard, you know, he could find, you know, 
better ways of overcoming the the challenge of tough sales in his industry you know he saw that he had made up that sales was hard and he could also make it up differently or what if it wasn't hard and all of a sudden you know his, his box burst and he um, had a lot of new insights about how he would just show up and behave differently if he didn't have the notion that sales was hard to begin with, yeah. how, how that was made up. And, and, and I've seen that, for example, in someone who talked about a difficult conversation, but in the end, he had made up the conversation as difficult. And that's why he was showing up really, you know, cautiously and not confident. And th those types of things where, you know, people all of a sudden see how they have, you know, made up a challenge in a certain way. And, and, and by basically making this creation less solid mm. all of a sudden um lots of new ideas emerge on 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 how to create results yeah it's interesting because i think i relate to that in the experience i've had which is i used to be an overanalyzer and if i was going into a conversation like you just described i'd want to think about whether it was the positive or the, the negative side, but I'd want to play out every scenario. Like, what if this happens? What if this happens? What Because mm -hmm. I wanted to be prepared. And then it was kind of like this, I kind of thought of it as the law of unintended consequences kind of thing, because I, I, I kind of like thought into creation, all these mm -hmm. negative possibilities. And then when you show up, you're not, you know, you, you bring that, it's like, was it a negative conversation or did I bring the negativity to the conversation yeah. myself, right? <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. And, and when you realize that you, whatever you can come up with ahead of time when you're thinking about it, you have access to all those same resources if you just do it in the moment. So you can save yourself hours of, of pain and agony of living in the future that doesn't exist by just mm. dealing with things in the moment in a, in a clear state of mind and and handling it um, kind of the way you described the the client and the the leadership skills area mm, yeah well if there's i know this is going to be a hard question because it's hard to get to just one thing but if there was one thing that you'd want people to know what would that be I am making that up as a hard question right now because it feels like I have gained so many insights in the last years that it feels really hard to boil it down to one. But maybe what's coming to mind for me right now is possibly one of the first big insights that I had when coming across um, this understanding of the mind, which was that limiting beliefs don't really exist. Mm. I was someone who spent a lot of years in his life trying to overcome limiting beliefs. One of them was that I wasn't ready for whatever. I kind of had this notion that I wasn't ready. And so I did all, you know, this trying to find out what my limiting beliefs were and trying to eradicate them and program them differently and then um, use incantations or affirmations to um, make my new empowering beliefs more profound and all that sort of thing. And that really never worked for me. But the moment I saw that limiting beliefs are just thoughts that I'm having more frequently than others and that I 
tend to believe, especially in a negative state of mind. Yeah. Um, the moment I saw that, they just basically evaporated. And, you know, every once in a while, they, they do show up, but I'm not giving them respect or attention anymore. And I see a lot of people trying to work on their limiting beliefs because, you know, supposedly that's what you have to do in the personal development world. Yeah. And I guess that's just one insight that was really huge for me and um, that I'm always happy to share is what if you didn't have to overcome limiting beliefs, but you could just let them pass yeah. like in a meditation, um, didn't give them any attention. And that way that would solve itself. Yeah. Very powerful. It's funny that. There's something Jamie says quite often, which is it's in the name. And it's like, I, it just when you say the word beliefs, like it's almost like it's in the name that it's not real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just something you believe. So it's, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, it's, it's very powerful when you uh, don't put yourself in that victim of anything really. Like you can't be a victim of living belief because they're not real. Yeah. It's, uh, amazing i now feel like everything i was doing was counterproductive to be honest because by giving them so much attention and space i was creating them as much more solid mm. than they were to begin with yeah, feeding them yeah, yeah. just feeding them yeah. awesome well i've really enjoyed this conversation it's been great to connect with you again um can you let us know how people can get a hold of you that they're interested in learning more about what you're doing or would like some coaching? Yeah, sure. I mean, my website is johannesmetzler.com. I'm not sure if you're going to share that somewhere yeah, around sure. this video because yeah. that's probably a name that, that's not going to be easy to uh, spell for, I don't know, Americans or Canadians or uh, British people. But you can also find me on um, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. I mostly... I'm mostly active on on LinkedIn these days, and you know, share share my thoughts and um, what I'm what I'm seeing for myself and and with my clients. And any social media platform on my website is good to get in touch. Cool. Uh, one bonus question that just came to mind mm -hmm. which is something I find fascinating uh, about you, which is that you're doing this in two languages because you're you know mm -hmm. English and German, if I'm not mistaken. So mm -hmm. um, maybe you can just talk a little bit about what that experience is like for you to to be. I, I don't know if you're, uh, I'm, a, I'm taking a guess that your first language is German, but I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm, I'm just curious how that, how you find that whole thing playing out for you. Yeah, my first language is German. And I feel like I've been socialized or ed educated mainly, especially in coaching and in this understanding in English. And there's something in me that finds English as, easier to talk about this to share this to understand this especially coming from from the source like i like to go to the source mm -hmm. and if someone publishes something in english then i want to read it or listen to it in english too and so my experience is that sometimes i have a really hard time translating these concepts into german which is my my native tongue mm -hmm. but there, there's something clumsy about the translations in German. I almost feel like maybe, maybe I can just, you know, get away with more with words that also sound weird uh, to a native English speaker in English, but I just don't know that. And so yeah. um, I'm, I'm free to use them, but I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty happy to work in both languages. The biggest question for me is my, 
personal branding, mm. how, how I want to do that, because I love working with international clients as well as with German clients. So I'm trying to do my communication mostly in English, which I know deters some potential German clients because they just don't want to, you know, engage in English. Right. And um, it's this, it's actually, I guess it's actually cool to do it in, to do it in two languages and then sometimes see, see what emerges. Yeah. Well, I, uh, I, don't, I, I, in Canada here, we learned French in, in primary school and we have to take French up to, I think, grade 10 or something now. And I was always terrible at French and couldn't wait to not have to take French anymore. And now as an a- adult, I look back and think like, what an opportunity mm-hmm. <laughs> I missed. <laughs> um, and uh, anyway, so ha- being someone who struggled with learning another language, I, I, I love it when I meet people who are so naturally fluent in multiple languages and have the opportunity to share this with people in all kinds of different ways. So anyway, hats off to you there. Thanks. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining us and uh, we'll be seeing you on another call soon, I'm sure. And uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much, Greg. It was wonderful. And I really loved how we started this conversation um, completely free floating. And I'm looking forward to more of that. Awesome. Take care. Bye.